the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. Okay. Welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans. Plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered to Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. Well, at the beginning of the week, we couldn't get over how beautiful all the colors of, of the leaves and the trees were while wondering how October had flown by so quickly. But then, what a shock. Suddenly, we were experiencing cold, windy days. And then, to top it all off, so it felt like winter had arrived. Where are the coats and the gloves? But the mums out in the garden, they still don't look too bad. And the trees haven't lost all their leaves. It's still beautiful out there. Maybe not an Indian summer, but if your highs for the coming days are in the 50s or 60s, we can still enjoy the weather for a while. Speaking of time flying by, don't forget daylight saving time ends this weekend. So uh, for Saturday morning or Saturday evening or Sunday morning, Remember that old adage, bring forward and fall back. Hopefully, we'll be able to get an extra hour of sleep unless you're determined to use it to get something done. Like uh, 
rake up all those leaves that came down, you know, with the rain and the winds this past week. And if we take some time out from doing our chores, maybe we can look at the economy for a while and see if how it might affect our plans and our goals for the future. This week, stock rose broadly across the board uh, after the Federal Reserve uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting on Wednesday. That's when Chairman Powell uh, signaled that the Fed would be done lifting interest rates for now. Anyhow, all of the standard and poor 511 sectors closed higher this week. In fact, the this was the best week for the Standard and Poor 500 in 2023. And at the press conference uh, uh, following the uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting, Chairman Powell uh, explained, and quote, uh, here he says, as I noted earlier, since early last year, we have raised our policy rate by five and one quarter percent, and we have discussed decreased our securities holding by more than $1 trillion. Our restrictive stance of monetary policy is putting downward pressure on economic activity and inflation. The committee decided at today's meeting to maintain the target range for the federal funds rate at five and a quarter to five and a half percent and to continue the process of significantly reducing our securities holdings. We are committed to achieving a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to bring inflation sustainably down to 2% over time and to keep policy restrictive until we are confident that inflation is on the path to that objective, quote, unquote. So this is the second time the committee uh, didn't raise the uh, federal funds rate. If you recall, that was a steady habit that they had gotten into. Uh, every meeting, every six weeks, they would bump up the uh, the, uh, the federal funds rate. But for uh, September and this uh, meeting uh, that ended November 1st, they passed on that. They said, okay, we're going to leave it exactly the way it is. and uh, he did note that the higher, uh, longer-term bond yields, these bond yields have been going up, particularly the longer ones, anything over, let's say, seven years, uh, have been going up over the last three months, that these increases in the bond yields have tightened financial conditions and basically help, they're helping the Federal Reserve in terms of restricting the uh, uh, financial conditions. So, again, Chairman Powell uh, said, quote, financial conditions have tightened significantly in recent months, driven by higher long-term bond yields, among other factors. And because persistent changes in financial conditions can have implications for the path of monetary policy, we monitor financial uh, developments closely. In light of the uncertainties and risks, how far we have and how far we have come, the committee proceeding carefully. Unquote. So basically, he's he's looking and saying, okay, I'm, I've uh, increased the 
the federal funds rates uh, uh, up until the September and the November meetings, and I've let them, I've held them constant then, right? because basically the uh, increases in the longer term uh, uh, rates are helping me out. I don't have to increase my uh, rates that much. Uh, Chairman Powell also seemed more comfortable with the tight labor market, where he essentially talked about the good things about the labor market. Perhaps he had some information about the upcoming jobs situation report from the Department of Labor. Uh, that this uh, his presentation of, at the press conference was on Wednesday at two o'clock, and the uh, the Department of Labor report didn't come out till Friday at about uh, nine o'clock. So, uh, is uh, according to Chairman Powell at his press conference regarding the uh, labor market, he had this to say, quote, the labor market remains tight, but supply and demand conditions continue to come into better balance. Over the past three months, payroll job gains averaged 266,000 jobs per month, a strong pace that is nevertheless below that seen earlier in the year. The unemployment rate remains low at 3.8%, and strong job creation has been accompanied by an increase in the supply of workers. The labor force participation rate has moved up since late last year, particularly for individuals aged 25 to 54, and immigration has rebounded to pre-pandemic levels. Uh, nominal wage growth has shown some sign of easing and job vacancies have declined so far this year. So uh, the Federal Reserve uh, plan of controlling inflation has basically been to slow the economy down. If you slow the economy down, you reduce the demand and allow the demand to uh, reach some sort of an equilibrium with the supply and therefore reducing inflation. That's been the, the grand plan. And one of the Fed's uh, chief concerns has been this tight labor market that could increase uh, inflation into a wage price spiral like we had in the uh, late 70s, 1970s. But the Department of Labor's uh, Employment Situation Report that was released yesterday uh, was a comfort to the Federal Reserve because it basically showed that U.S. employment only increased 150,000 jobs in October. So that means that the, uh, the, the labor market has been on a boil since uh, the last two years is beginning to quiet down. So they added 150,000 jobs in October. And that was way below the 258,000 jobs per month that we've been seeing over the last 12 months. So, and also unemployment increased uh, uh, modestly from 3.8 to 3.9%. And the two tenths of a percent increase in wages in October uh, was helpful too, in the sense that uh, it indicates that the 
wages are moving up, but not dramatically. And we'll talk about uh, that report on the uh, uh, labor, that report on the jobs later in the show. And there was more good news with regard to the increase in the labor productivity. The Department of Labor report on uh, productivity and costs for the third quarter uh, that came out Thursday. And that shows that uh, uh, labor productivity grew uh, in the last quarter at a very rapid 4.7%. That's on an annualized basis. So uh, this quarter, it could get as as high as 4.4% based upon trends in the gross domestic product report. And performance like that would be welcome at any time. But at this moment, it's helping to offset the stiff headwinds facing the economy. So uh, the rising labor productivity means that the economy can create more stuff, goods and services, with the same number of people and working the same number of hours. And that's critical because getting inflation back under control requires that either businesses uh, requires businesses to either increase the supply of goods and services or to con- or consumers reduce their demand. So uh, the productivity is very helpful to the very fact that the, uh, the labor market is uh, loosening up. Uh, there's not that great the demand in terms of increased wages or increased jobs. In addition, uh, bonds also rose this week as the U.S. Treasury uh, reported on Thursday that it would lean more heavily on uh, shorter-term Treasury bills and notes for their debt in, in, issuance. In other words, uh, as we remarked before, after they raised the debt ceiling, I think that was sometime in the, the uh, June or something like that, uh, you're, you're, suddenly the floodgates were open in terms of the, the Treasury Department uh, selling uh, uh, U.S. Treasuries to uh, uh, get money to pay for the, the basically for the deficits. And basically, what you're seeing here now is that uh, uh, the, the uh, shorter-term Treasury bills and notes will be issued rather than the longer term. And uh, and that relieves the upward pressure on the yields for the longer maturity notes and bonds. These longer maturity treasury yields have been increasing over the last three months and causing losses in the uh, in the bond market. So at uh, Thursday's close, to give you an example of the effect of that, Friday's close uh, last week, the ten-year treasury yield was four point. Eight four five percent, and at the close yesterday, it was four point five five eight percent. So uh, basically, what you see is that yields fall as bond prices rise. So uh, the, the yields falling is a good good sign if you uh, you have bonds. Uh, this is also a good week for the global stock market. If you take a look at the U.S., the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones Industrials, the uh, the Standard & Poor 500, 
uh, in the NASDAQ composite all rose broadly uh, Thursday and Friday after the Federal Reserve Chairman uh, Jerome Powell signaled that the Federal Reserve uh, may be done lifting interest rates for now. And the U.S. was not alone. In the U.K., the FTSE 100 was up for the week. Well, in the European Union, uh, Germany's DAX and the uh, uh, stock 600 uh, Europe was were both up for the week. And in Asia, Japan's DK 225 was up for the week. While in China, both the Hong Kong Hang Seng and the Shanghai Composite were both up for the week. Then on Friday. The three major U.S. stock indices closed the week at the Dow closed at 34,061.32, and that was up 5.07% for the week. And the Standard and Poor closed at 4,358.34, and that was up 5.85% for the week. And the NASDAQ closed at 13,478.28, and that was up 6.61% uh, for the week. So basically what we're seeing there is that there was a lot of good news this week, and we'll talk about more of the good news later in the show, but uh, the details of it. But uh, uh, it appears that the the Federal Reserve has finally realized how successful it's been basically in uh, uh, slowing the economy down uh, and uh, preparing for a soft landing. Hopefully there is a soft landing. Nobody's nobody's guaranteeing. Uh, and every, people shy away from, uh, certainly the Federal Reserve shies away from using that term, but uh, the, the idea here is that the economy is slowing, that you'll see it in the uh, in the uh, Institute of Supply Manufacturer, Institute of Supply, uh, oh, what is it called? Institute of Supply Management. And they put out a, a manufacturing as well as a service uh, sector uh, surveys. And basically what you're seeing is that uh, both the manufacturing and the service sector are slowing down. Uh, they're not dramatically falling off a cliff by any means, but they're slowing down, and that's basically uh, having its impact on inflation. So, And also from what we mentioned uh, before about the labor, the tight labor market loosening up, uh, that's another case of... Uh, 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 the tightening uh, of the economy having a, a good effect on getting inflation under control. So all those things are pointing in the right direction, and uh, hopefully the the uh, hopefully we're on a path to uh, uh, not increasing these rates anymore, and getting to a point where uh, we could start to talk about. Uh, decreasing the rates. That was one of the big things that uh, uh, the September meeting, September in the September meeting, I think it was on the 19th and 20th of September, the Federal Reserve had their Federal Open Market Committee meeting, and 
the expectations were that they would begin to talk about uh, reducing the uh, uh, the the federal funds rate that are now as high as five and a half percent. They didn't. So they basically uh, crushed expectations. At that time, people were expecting them to start talking about reducing rates. And they said that, well, we're going to continue at these rates for a longer period of time. And we may even increase the rate. So that was kind of a kick in the head in September. And then this latest meeting uh, uh, indicates that uh, maybe they're finished raising. So this is going to cause more questions about when are you going to start lowering the rates? Uh, And there's people guessing as to when that's going to happen. Some people are guessing uh, maybe the end of the, uh, maybe the, uh, in the second quarter of next year, uh, the June appears on a lot of guesses in terms of uh, when your uh, the Federal Reserve will begin to lower these rates. But hey, you know there's a lot of moving parts in this U- U.S. economy and basically in the global economy. So it's all. Uh, uh, what you call educated guesswork in terms of uh, what is going to happen six months in the future. So, uh, but it's moving in the right now. This week uh, was the best week uh, this year for the standard of poor 500. So it's moving in the right direction. And hopefully uh, we'll get to the point where they do start to lower the rates, at which point both the stock and the bond markets are, are, uh, uh, are expected to pop up. So, um, to me, it's a, it's a uh, waiting game and seeing uh, basically what happens now. Uh, in terms of, you know, the, the big picture, uh, we don't have any control over that, and everybody knows it. You listen to what's being said, and you read what's being said, and you uh, there's uh, a lot of different reasons that things happen, and maybe some things that we never even know uh, are driving the things that we see. So, but one of the things that we do control is our own financial plan, and uh, that's the plan where we put together our goals and uh, your goals in terms of uh, your standard of living, your uh, 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 starting a family or uh, education, to starting a business, uh, uh, schooling for the youngsters, uh, retirement, all those things that we have as goals, uh, they have a certain time that uh, we expect them to happen. And uh, there are certain costs involved in those goals, too. The costs are enormous in, in case of uh, uh, retirement. Uh, also, probably enormous in terms of, uh, of education of the children, depending upon what kind of colleges or or what kind of education programs you want for the for your youngsters. And of course, uh, the minute you start a family, the cost of uh, uh, keeping the house and, and the standard of living 
increases dramatically. So all of those things are, are goals, and uh, uh, we do have uh, uh, assets. Our primary assets is if you're younger, uh, you don't have that many uh, physical assets, but you do have that uh, uh, asset of a uh, uh, 40 or 50 years, let's say 40 years uh, left to work in the uh, workforce. So I can get ahead and and, uh, save your money that way. If you're older, well, you've got less time, but you've got more experience. And you do have more physical assets, so it's a matter of uh, of using those assets the best way that you can uh, to achieve your goals, which in most cases involving involves uh, uh, knowing uh, what your assets are, use them, using them. Uh, for instance, like uh, the paychecks, the paychecks come in and. Uh, uh, maybe there's two, maybe there's just one. And the idea here is that we have to save so much, set it aside, invest it, and let it grow uh, to meet a future uh, 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 goal, uh, be it retirement uh, or be it, uh, uh, let's say, in another house, uh, a larger house or something like that. Uh, uh, it requires that you uh, funnel that money towards a a uh, goal and keep track of the investments and see what's happening and uh, if things are not working the way they're supposed to then you have to modify the goals so in some cases it's uh, uh, you know the good times can last for years and the bad times are generally uh, shorter than the good times but uh, you also have to stay on top of this thing to make sure that you can get to where you want to go and your assets are doing what you want them to do. And it's a good, it's a good roadmap uh, that allows you to make decisions in terms of uh, uh, do you want a new boat or do you want a new house or do you want a new something? Uh uh, you can have all sorts of wants, but what are you going to give up to get that? Are you going to reduce your standard of living, or are you going to reduce the uh, education of the youngsters, or are you going to? Do, what are you going to do in order to get that done? So it allows you to uh, structured framework for making decisions about uh, making commitments in your assets. So it's all. In, t- in taking the time to lay out those goals and uh, figuring out how much they're going to cost and having something, a plan to be able to get from where you're at right now to those goals. And that's basically what we do for our clients. So uh, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to uh, Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one eight eight eight. Two eight one eleven ten. That's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Now stay tuned. I'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host Jim McAleese. 
Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. is 1-888-281-1110. You know, we talked about, uh, this morning we talked about uh, the employment situation. And uh, uh, the latest report came out in terms of, uh, for October. And it basically showed us that... uh, uh, the employment situation is settling down in the sense that uh, U.S. employment only increased 150,000 jobs in uh, October. And uh, that was a step down from the 297,000 jobs in September and also from the uh, 179,000 that were uh, uh, estimated. Uh, to occur in uh, October. So what you're seeing is that the unemployment uh, rate moved up a little bit, moved up to 3.9%, and the uh, labor force participation uh, rate eased down uh, to 62.7 from 62.8 in uh, September. So uh, in addition, the we the uh, Department of Labor uh, revised the numbers for August and September, and uh, the total non-farm payroll employment for August was revised to 165,000 from from 227,000 originally reported, and the total non-farm payroll for September was revised to 297,000 from the original reported 336,000. So uh, employment gains in uh, in uh, August and September combined were basically uh, 101,000 less than previously reported. And to give you an idea of, of uh, you know, we had the crisis, the COVID crisis in the uh, uh, in January and February of 2020, where people were let go and the whole place was in shambles. And basically, for the last three years, or two and a half years, we've been 
uh, digging out from that mess in terms of uh, uh, in 2021, uh, there were 6.7 million people uh, that were hired and the hiring was going on at something like 562,000 uh, people hired per month uh, in 2022. Uh, that number reduced to 4.5 million people were hired and the, the hiring per month was uh, averaged at uh, uh, 401,000 per month. And then this year, uh, so far, 2.4 million people have uh, been employed, and uh, the average is uh, uh, somewhere in the order of 258,000. So uh, it's, it's basically slowed dramatically. And if you compare the pre-COVID, uh, some pre-COVID numbers, uh, you see that the unemployment rate pre-COVID was three and a half percent, and uh, and today it's three point nine percent, and the unemployment uh, uh, number was five point seven million, and the presently at six point five million. So uh, there are still a lot of job openings that were posted uh, for uh, uh, September. And they were, I think there were something like 9.6 million job openings that were posted at the end of uh, uh, the end of October. And, uh, and what you're seeing is that the uh, unemployment of jobless claims, the initial jobless claims are still pretty low. They're 217,000 uh, uh, as of the week ending. Uh, 10 uh, October 28th, and uh, the number of people on long-term unemployment is at 1.8 billion, uh, and, uh, and so the jobless uh, rate has increased to 3.9 uh, percent in uh, October. What you're seeing is that the wages have gone up seven percent, according to the Department of Labor's report. Uh, uh, the average hourly pay of the private sector workers climbed uh, uh, 4.2% compared with a year earlier, uh, and that amounted to $0.07 cents per hour uh, to uh, $34 per hour, and the average monthly pay increase in October was uh, two-tenths of 1%, so which the Federal Reserve regards as Good news in the sense that, uh, again, you remember that they're always concerned about wage price spiral. And the big picture, uh, the private sector, uh, which has a workforce of about 134 million workers in October, uh, gained 99,000 uh, jobs. And uh, manufacturing uh, basically. Uh, lost 35,000 jobs, but that was a the, the size of that loss. I think was primarily due to the uh, auto strike, uh, and uh, that should be over soon. The uh, the uh, offers have been are out for a vote for the uh, by the workers, so we should hear soon 
whether the uh, the uh, uh, the contract, the new contract, has been ratified by the workers. So uh, construction, they added twenty three thousand jobs uh, to a workforce of eight million workers, and uh, mining and uh, gas and oil exploration, they added a thousand jobs and. Basically, if you take a look around and say, okay, where are the other, uh, the rest of the economy, the rest of the economy added 110,000 jobs and, and uh, to a workforce of 112 million workers. And what you see is that uh, healthcare, uh, they added 58,000 jobs in October. And they've been averaging monthly gain of 53,000. So in that 58,000, 32,000 were in ambulatory health care services. Hospitals added 18,000. And nursing and residential care facilities added 8,000. So uh, what you saw was the employment in the government also increased uh, 51,000. Uh, government jobs in October, and the local government added 38,000 of that 51,000, and the uh, uh, the state government added uh, 10,000, and the federal government added 3,000, and uh, the uh, social assistance uh, in October they added 19,000 jobs. And that's compared to an average monthly gain of uh, 23000 per month. Um, and construction employment uh, added 23,000 jobs, which is a little bit above the average of 18000 which they've been seeing for the last 12 months. And uh, employment manufacturing, again, uh, decreased 35000 in October. And that reflected a decline of 33,000 jobs in motor vehicles and parts that were due to strike activity. Uh, employment in leisure and hospitality only added 19,000 jobs, which is unusual because that has really been the place where uh, they've been bulking up. Uh, the industry has added an average of 52,000 jobs per month over the last 12 months. And in professional and business services, they added 15,000 jobs. And I think uh, and they're pretty well bulked up now. Employment in temporary health services changed little over the month. They added 7,000, but the uh, temporary work is below, is 230,000 jobs below its peak in March of 2022. So those temporary workers are being absorbed into the, uh, into the wherever they're at, into the industries. Uh, transportation and warehouse, they lost 12,000 jobs. And uh, warehousing uh, storage had lost 11 of the 12,000 11,000 of the 12,000. So uh, one thing you're, you're seeing there is that uh, the private payroll increased uh, close to 100,000 jobs in 
uh, October, and the uh, total non-farm payroll increased to 150,000, which uh, was good news in terms of uh, the Federal Reserve in terms of uh, controlling inflation, things of this nature. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. When I wake up, well, I know I'm going to be. I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. And when I go out, well, I know I'm going to be. I'm going to be the man who goes along with you. When I get drunk, well, I know I'm going to be. I'm going to be the man who gets drunk next to you. And if I haver, well, I know I'm going to be. I'm going to be the man who's havering to you. Well, I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more just to be the man who walks a thousand miles to fall down at your door. When I'm working, well, I know I'm going to be. I'm going to be the man who's working hard for you. And when the money comes in for the work I do, I pass on my... Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host, Jim McAleese. You give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one 888 In other words, one of the things that uh, uh, the uh, Federal Reserve looks at in terms of uh, increasing their uh, interest rates and things of this nature is they want to slow the economy down. And basically, in slowing the economy down, what you're going to see is that uh, that reduces the demand and, and gives time for the supply to, to catch up. And uh, one of the places that they look to for information is the Institute of Supply Management. And uh, they put out a report every month. And uh, what they're showing is that U.S. manufacturing sector. Uh, contracted again in October, and uh, this this index by the Institute of Supply Management, uh, what they do is uh, they have a survey of uh, management of uh, man- manufacturing executives who are asked to rate this month versus last month uh, for parameters like a hey, uh, how does this month compare to last month in terms of new orders or in terms of production, or in terms of shipment, in terms of employment, uh, in terms of back orders. So uh, the ISM, the Institute of Supply Management, then takes their survey results and grinds them all into uh, an uh, index number. And if that index number is 50, that's considered to be neutral. And so that anything above 50 is considered to be uh, the economy or the manufacturing is expanding. Anything less than 50 indicates that manufacturing is contracting. And uh, what they're showing you, uh, what they showed us for October was that uh, 
the number came in, the survey number came in at 46.7 uh for october for september <clears throat> it was 49 so it's it's fallen down from september to october and prior to september let's go all let's go from uh from june june it was 46 so it was contracting in june uh july it was 46.4 august it was 47.6 and then it got up to 49.0 in September, and then October it was had fallen down to 46.7. So um, it really shows that the economic activity in the manufacturing sector contracted in October, basically for the 12th consecutive month after uh, 28 months of growth and. Uh, uh, the report was issued by Timothy Flora, uh, who's the chair of the Institute of Supply Management's Manufacturing Business Survey Committee. To give you some idea of what some of the people are saying, uh, here's some comments in, in terms of their uh, managers. In computer and electronic products, they're saying that markets remain tough we have focused more resources on sales and marketing to drive greater sales. Uh, lots of leadership focus on what we can do in the near term that will also support the company goals. Uh, chemical products, uh, the economy is absolutely slowing down. Less optimism regarding the first quarter of 2024. Transportation equipment, uh, uh, quote, the backlog, the backlog is starting to dip a bit. We're hearing of cutbacks in uh, 2024 ordering, uh, but still very strong compared to the averages. Uh, food and beverages, they say uh, markets appear to have slightly slowed. Certain commodities remain high. Uh, machinery, uh, quote, seeing a slowdown on bookings and our backlog is down to five days from 15 weeks earlier this year. That's a big five days where the backlog is not a lot of backlog. Uh, uh, the, uh, who's this? Uh, fabricated metal products, uh, a slow fourth quarter. We're clearly in a mild industry recession. However, demand is down less than 5%, and customers are confident of a recovery in the second half of 2024 is solid. Suppliers' deliveries are stable, and suppliers are looking for more work, but they're not willing to adjust prices to compete for it. So, uh, uh, non-metallic mineral products, commercial construction uh, continues to remain ahead of 2022. We have some concerns about 2024 regarding inflation, uh, as well as uh, gas and oil pricing potentially show it slowing down uh, buildings. So uh, basically, with the the summary of their the report is that uh, manufacturing is contract 
contracting uh, faster. New orders are going down uh, faster. Production is growing, but at a slower pace than before. Employment is contracting. Uh, that's uh, uh, fr- used to be growing. Supplier deliveries are uh, happening faster. Uh, the backlog of orders is contracting, and uh, new export orders uh, they are also contracting too. So, basically, uh, a situation where the the uh, manufacturing is pulling back, uh, not to the point where, uh, in some cases, it might be a recession, but in most cases, it's not. Uh, but uh, there's another uh, indication of uh, U.S. services, and, uh, and you basically break the economy down into manufacturing and the service industries. And uh, Standard and Poor Global, uh, that's another organization that uh, does a survey of managers in in, in the service industries and uh, utilizes their results to come up with a interpretation of how's the how's the service industries doing. And according to the October report. Uh, U.S. service providers signaled a marginal rise in business activity in October, with growth regaining some momentum following broadly unchanged output in September. Uh, That's according to the latest uh, S&P Global report. It continues new orders fell again, uh, but at a slower pace amid a renewed upturn in new business from abroad. Uh, firms were hopeful of a pickup in demand conditions. Uh, uh, meanwhile, a relatively subdued sales environment led to reports of discounting in an effort to drive new orders and the seasonably adjusted final S&P Global U.S. Services uh, Business Activity Index posted 50.6 in October, and that was up from 50.1 in September. The latest data signaled a marginal expansion in output at service sector firms, contrasting with a near stagnant stagnation seen at the end of the third quarter. Uh, the, uh, the results are summarized by Chris Williamson, who is their chief business economist at uh, Standard and Poor Global Market Intelligence. Uh, he's uh, quoting Chris. Uh, the quote: "The PMI survey uh, paints a far more subdued picture of U.S. economic health than the latest uh, bumper GDP uh, numbers, with October seeing very muted growth of business activity activities for a third successful successive month." A summer surge in service sector activity fueled by rising consumer spending has stalled. Manufacturing is <clears throat> manufacturing is meanwhile also struggling to regain momentum amid weak global demand. As such, the survey data 
are broadly consistent with the GD, uh, GDP rising at an annual rate of around 1.5%. Uh, if you recall, I'll finish this before I get into that. An upside of the weak demand environment is the further cooling of price pressures in October, which brings the 2% Fed Reserve's 2% target into focus for the first time in three years. He continues the brighter outlook for inflation and hopes of a commensurate peaking of interest rates has helped lift business confidence in year-ahead prospects, but new business inflows need to pick up in in both uh, service as well as manufacturing to ensure robust growth can be sustained as we head towards the end of the year. So basically what they're saying is that uh, in the service industries, uh, things things do not look uh, great in terms of uh, uh, we've seen these uh, for the third quarter, uh, the Department of it was the Department of Labor or Department of Commerce, I'm not quite sure which, they published their uh, GDP, real GDP growth for the third quarter, and it came out to 4.9% on an annual basis. So that's a pretty big, it shows that the economy, that data would show that the economy is growing strongly, whereas these comments uh, basically show that the uh, the economy is, is particularly in the service industries, and we saw that in the uh, we saw that in the employment situation, where those parts that are service industries were not uh, uh, you know were not uh, beating a uh, you know beating the doors down in terms of their capabilities. So. Uh, to me, it's uh, uh, it's one of those things where uh, the the data that comes out of the government is typically uh, older than the survey results that come out of the management. Surveys that come out of the management, they take the comments and and grind them fast so they can come out with a, a real current uh, interpretation of what's going on. So the the uh, the numbers would indicate that the service industry is starting to slow down as the manufacturing industry has already slowed down, which makes the Federal Reserve happy in terms of keeping its uh, interest rates high. And hopefully we'll be able to see them start to lower their uh, interest rates in the future. So this is Jim McAleese. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is welcome. Now that now that the crops are out of the field, the farmers have time to relax and get philosophical. Here's an old farmer's advice: Your fences need to be horse high, egg tight, and bull strong. Also, keep skunks and bankers at a good distance. 
Uh, next is that life is simpler when you plow around the stump. Uh, next one is a bumblebee is considerably faster than a John Deere tractor. And uh, he, those words that soak into your ears are whispered, not yelled. And uh, forgive your enemy. It messes up their head. And don't corner something that you know is meaner than you. It doesn't take a very big person to carry a grudge, and you cannot unsay a cruel word. Uh, every path has a few puddles. Uh, the best sermons are lived and not preached. And most of the stuff people worry about uh, ain't going to happen anyway. And don't judge people by their relatives. Remember that sometimes Silence is the best answer. Then lead a good, honorable life. Then when you get older, you can think back and you can enjoy it for a second time. And then don't interfere with something that ain't bothering you. Not. If you find yourself in a hole, the first thing to do is to stop digging. And sometimes you get, and sometimes you get God. The biggest troublemaker you probably ever have to deal with watches you from the mirror every morning. And all, another good thing is always drink upstream from the herd. And good judgment comes from experience. And a lot of, a lot of that comes from bad judgment. And letting the cat out of the bag is a lot easier than putting it back in. So love simply, love generously, care deeply, speak kindly, leave the rest to God. So with these words of wisdom, we meet again next week. May God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., the materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. The proceeding. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.